Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and David Wayne Young. Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Tyler. And I'm David Wayne Young. And uh, today, what film are we talking about, David? We're talking about Kill Bill Volume 2. Volume 3. Volume 3. That's right. <laughs> uh, today we're talking about <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, the new film, the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino. Um, and boy, like, what what a experience. But first, the way we usually do new movies, we uh, talk about our theater experience. We, you know, go into non-spoiler notes, then we go into spoiler notes. Right. Um, if you don't want to know anything about this movie before you go in, then, um, you know, don't listen to this <laughs> until after you see the movie. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to find some stuff to talk about beforehand. Probably. Um, a little bit. So you've been out here many a time. I have. And you've never gone and seen a movie with us. I've never done the movie-going experience at all with you guys, yeah. actually. We went to the Warren... Uh, the East Warren, and which is, you know, uh, it's it's what it's one of my favorite theaters, if not my favorite theater, and um, we we uh, paid for the extra experience of the Warren Twenty One. Uh, so how did you uh, how did you enjoy your movie going experience? It was sexy, <laughs> in a word. Um, it was pretty sweet, man. Like I mean, first of all, the ex- exclusivity of having like a kind of a I don't know how else to say it except like the speakeasy style. Like you go up to the counter and say, "Hey, I'm here for the, you know, the the the, the club." Yeah. And they just they're like, "All right, uh, let me check you out first. and then you you head back in, and it's prettier. It's it's got this like adult feel to it. Like you're yeah. you're like, oh, this is like lounge material. They used to because like they have the big gold doors mm-hmm. that you walk through. It used to be like they. Uh, open it up for you. Now they've, oh. they've gotten a little bit lazy. They don't do that now. But um, <laughs> the guy looked lazy anyway. Yeah. No, he was like, I mean, you can just, you can just go. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like, he spent uh, like a good five seconds hovering over the thing before he actually scanned it. Yeah. And he was like, all right, just go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, aside from that, you know, yeah. pretty sweet. Experience. I mean, I can read my ticket, so <laughs> right. <laughs> it's kind of sad that this. Uh, this type of the going to the 21 is a little bit dulled for me just because like we've got the reclining seats at the AMC that we go to uh, it's like that opened I think last year um like you know they they've kind of like and that's like that's just sort of regular ticket price um they don't have the heated seats though um, that's true but I didn't really take advantage of that this time because it's you know it's nice and toasty it's, out. it's July yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's still it's still a very nice little area. Um, you can you know go get food there and open um, bar, open bar and everything. You know, it's for twenty one and older. So um, if you want to you know spend even more money, <laughs> there, you, there you go. Um, Eight dollars a cocktail. <laughs> I checked. Oh, I bet. Um, One of us is a wino. I won't tell you which. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, very, very good standard experience. I mean, like, the the crowd there, like, I mean, it was it was a 2 o'clock showing in the afternoon, 
and it was, you know, there, I had to get my tickets like a, like pretty early in the week just to make sure that we got a good spot. I know 6 p.m. was fucked in terms of getting like a good seat. Well, it was surprisingly packed for 2 p.m. too. Yeah, I didn't I mean, expect that. And, you know, everyone who's there, I mean, like, I don't see this type of movie having like a big appeal to just like kind of the, the casual crowd. This is definitely like, if, hey, do you like Tarantino movies? You're going to go watch this movie. I feel like this is almost sold on his namesake alone. <laughs> And so, if not for the amazing talent as well. Oh yeah, as well as the cast. No kidding. Um, but you know that being said, like the crowd was right for this movie. I was a little bit because we were like we were sitting in couple, between like a couple of older couples. Mm-hmm. I noticed um, that. And I was like, are they gonna are they gonna dig it? <laughs> um, there are some there are some pretty out there parts that I won't go into just yet. Uh, that you know we're laughing our asses off in the. The older lady next to me was also right in there with us. <laughs> um, so yes, um, good experience. Uh, just right. For me, it was just about the same. Um, I did notice, of course, that there were older couples on either side of our seats. Um, my couple, though, stayed relatively quiet the entire time. So it was troubling for me at first, but I think they enjoyed the They movie. warmed up. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the whole theater was kind of quiet for, like, the first hour. No, yeah. No, I am I mean, in the parts where, you know, oh, yeah, things, some... things got interesting. <laughs> yeah. And I won't say interesting, because the whole movie was very yeah. interesting. But, um, you know, things got yeah. different. <laughs> but I guess, like, kind of just starting to get in... I, and I really don't know what to say. This is always the hardest part, especially, like, with the types of movies we talk about. Like, people don't really want to know anything about movies before you go into them. Um, In which case, you should leave. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, so this has kind of been described, like, he he's said this is, like, the closest thing he's made to Pulp Fiction since he made that. I absolutely agree. And it is and it isn't. I mean, like, because, uh, like, Pulp Fiction is definitely, like, in it's in separated chapters. This, these are vignettes, but they're, like, they're scattered, that's like true. and they intertwine with each with each other like in like in like even in cutting like how they're edited the pacing is very interesting in this movie i was i was under the impression that and you know it's interesting that you say that he described it as the closest thing to mm-hmm. pulp fiction cuz i was figuring that that's partly what he was going for in both the way that it was edited and Simply the fact that the story structure was in a lot of ways similar. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just like a culmination that really, you know, kind of drew me to that in my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, it's like, I'd it's say it's like a fiction. It's a combination of like Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards for certain oh reasons. yeah, um, but like uh, the movie, like, cause so like there's been this major misconception, and like this has been, you know brought up as like no this is not what the movie is several times and people just latch on to it because they you know don't know how to use their brains and listen um uh like because initially this pitch is like oh it's like it's a summer of 69 movie like taking place in hollywood like it's it surrounds the events of the manson family murders right so but everyone just seems like quentin tarantino's making a charles manson movie it's like it had like he's in it for one scene i'll uh, 
So, sorry, spoilers. Not really. He's in it for one scene. It's it's a movie about it follows Leo, like, right. it, and he's playing a um, sort of like a washed up uh, cowboy TV actor trying to break into a feature film career, kind of regretting some of the steps he's taken, and you know trying to like, you know, gain back his momentum, and you know it it goes in it goes in really interesting places and obviously you have like Brad Pitt as a stuntman um, and then uh. then Sharon Tate's also in the movie <laughs> Sharon Tate yes yeah. indeed she makes a surprise appearance <laughs> it, it's definitely not like if you're expecting a Manson movie you're you're not gonna get it also get help if you're expecting a Manson movie <laughs> a Tarantino like if you're if, <laughs> If you want, Tarantino, a high, hyper-violent, Tarantino-directed, like, realistic depiction of the Manson murders, then yes, please get some help. That's, uh, that's not what, uh, that's not what this is. Also, query letters are good. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I really don't know what to say outside of, like, you know, I, I'll say this. Like, just for anyone who, who wants to, you know, jet before we start talking about anything that really happens in the movie. Sure. I like it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know where it is on my list in terms of, like, you know, tops. Uh, I need to see it a second time to kind of, like... Because I spend a lot of this movie digesting it. Sure. Um, and kind of, like, oh, like, kind of trying to figure out where we were. And it's, like, this isn't, like, a normal one, two, three act movie. It does not, like... It's very hard to define where you are. Like we spent like the first hour of the movie, and I was like, "Oh, like we're kind of just setting up like the time period for like and like you know what Hollywood's like in this time, and you know like hippie culture and all that stuff." Like for the first hour, and then like it's, it's kind of just it's kind of just staying there. Like oh, we're just kind of living their lives for a little while, and that's not a bad thing. Uh, it's entertaining through I- and through. I think there was a lot that, uh, like I said before, I think it culminated in the end in a way that, you know, of course, yes, you're expecting not to see much because, yeah, they're living their lives. Yeah. But the way that it all comes around full circle is really interesting. It's satisfying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By the end, because it's like, like, I I wondered where it was going to end up. Right. Because it's like, I mean, there's certain promises you have to fulfill if you're going to show certain people. Yeah. And, or, or show certain guns. Yeah, or show certain guns, yeah. <laughs> um, and you see, so you're just kind of thinking, like, okay, like, I mean, we gotta... This guy, this has to be resolved somehow, and it does. It's not uh, It's not something you'd expect. I mean, like, I definitely had my theories. Um, and we'll get, in, get to that in just a second. But, yeah, it, like, it's overall, it's very satisfying, and I definitely, like, yeah, I want to I see this a few more times. Oh, yeah. Before I really... <laughs> know what I think about it. <laughs> yeah, especially ranking-wise. Yeah. On the ratings gonna, list. Rating's gonna be hard on this <laughs> already, folks. But what do you say? You want to jump into spoilers? Absolutely. All right. So, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he uh, Brad Pitt... And th- this was in the trailer, and I was wondering, like, okay, is, like, Brad Pitt gonna get, like, dragged into the Manson cult somehow? And, no, so they, they um, kind of... There's a hippie chick that he's kind of, you know, he sees throughout the movie, and he, uh, 
lets her hitchhike in the car, takes her out to the ranch, and he meets all the other crazy Manson family. And um, uh, there's a very, man, there's a very satisfying scene uh, where, you know, like he starts asking a lot of questions. They don't like it. And so this um this guy one of the uh one of the creepy little fuckers Clem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 uh, the st- worst name sticks a knife in the in the car's tire and he's like oh you're gonna you're gonna fix that <laughs> and then proceeds to beat the shit out of him for a little while <laughs> until he fixes it until he fixes it yeah and he's then gotta fix it ah <laughs> oh, man um it's a it's a very tense like this is where like you know things start picking up a lot more uh. Like, cause it's going between that and you know Leo, um, like he's he's got this bad guy role, and he's really taking, like he's he's like he's taking it. He starts taking it seriously and kind of bounces back, and that's a uh, that's a whole great segment as well. Just kind of watching, cause like you know you're watching kind of Leo's story un- unfold. Rick Dalton, you know, he meets this like uh, this little girl actor. Um, and, you know, they have like, they have like this surprising little heart to heart, you know, talking about acting and like, you know, like sort of like almost in code talking about his career and everything. And it's this really nice scene. And then kind of seeing him, uh, kind of take a misstep and then redeem himself is, is so great. Um, it's really impressive the way it was done because not only does he, have a heart to heart with the girl, but he also, I mean, like he visually and physically confronts himself. Yes. You know, and that's really satisfying, mm-hmm. um, just to watch and be a part of, um, especially when he does come through in the end with his performance. Yeah. And it's like, well, like, and there's a couple things in the movie, um, where they, uh, like they could have paid off a little bit differently or, there's some things that don't get really paid off at all. That's true. Um, especially like just talking about that, like um, so Al Pacino is kind of there as like this uh, agent, I mm-hmm. think, yeah. and um, he's like trying to get him to be in spaghetti westerns, and like he Leo's kind of against the idea, and then he watches his performance as a bad guy. Like, he, like he, he the first scene is like him talking to him like, oh, like you're playing, you shouldn't be playing these bad guy roles because you're you know, kind of getting thrown out or whatever, basically. Right. You're getting replaced by the new guys. Um, and, like, so he, like, you know, he plays this really great bad guy role on a on a Western TV pilot, um, but that's not the thing that gets, like, like lands him the job. It's a completely different show um, that lands him the job. And it's like, it probably should have been the other one. <laughs> if you wanted to, like, do a nice little tie together, like, come think... full circle type of thing. I think the fact that he wasn't expecting anything from this made it all the better because true. Um, he mentioned specifically this show. I think it's called Lancer. I think was the name of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and he mentions this show, saying uh, Al Pacino does, um, saying that this is going to be the doom of his career. Like, yeah. hey, they're giving you this role to boot you. Yeah, um, to prop up uh, Timothy Oliphant. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean. The whole fact that his performance was way better than anyone expected, for me, I think it paid off incredibly. And True. that's just and like it, it, yeah, it pays off in its own like it pays off in terms of like his personal growth. 
Mm-hmm. But like, if, I guess if you wanted to tie it together more, and like, I'm not going to tell Quentin Tarantino how to do his job <laughs> in terms of writing. Uh, I mean, like, you know, in a way, it's almost like, oh, it's it's like it's not like he's just a good actor. Like, it ended up paying paying off for him anyway. There's even a scene like uh, where he's like, they're outside a saloon or whatever, and he's like, you know, doing his acting bit, and uh, like the guy he's acting like acting along with is like terrible. Um, like, it, it doesn't, like, you know, emphasize how bad he is. Like, he's not cartoonishly bad. Right. Like, the rest of them are just kind of wooden. And, uh, he's, like, the guy giving, like, a really good performance because he's a, you know, a more seasoned actor. Um, so, like, you can, you can kind of tell, like, he has, like, the potential there. Um, the other thing that doesn't really get paid off, um, or, like, or not another thing, just, like, the thing that doesn't really get paid off is, um, uh... Brad Pitt's character killing his wife. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was something that I really think I I would have liked to a little s- bit more closure on. Yeah, yeah, just just because. Okay, I mean, we saw what was a very interesting scene. Um, they're on a boat, and the woman is you know berating him. Yeah, and then you know it goes Calling black, and yeah, yeah <laughs> it goes black, and then. We come back to the present, and I'm like, okay, so what happened? We, you know, yeah. I mean, I we can... Don't, like, we don't have to know, like, you know, if he did it or not. Right, no, but I would like to know how how he feels about it, or, you know, maybe... Yeah. Maybe how he deals with it, because, yeah. honestly... It doesn't really show. No, honestly, all he's got is his dog, which, I mean, maybe that answers my question a little bit, Yeah. But, you know, it's just one of those things you it's read a great into. Dog, by the way, uh, a fantastic dog. <laughs> Talk more about the dog here in a second. Well, sa- saving up on that right. uh, for, on that for things that do pay for off. the conclusion, for <laughs> <laughs> the amazing conclusion. Um, there, there are so many interesting things that do pay off, but I will say, I think the one other thing that that I felt didn't pay off uh-huh. was um. So we had Margot Robbie as. Sharon Tate, and, you know, mm-hmm. she's enjoying her own performance, and, yeah. you know, she, is she sitting down Enjoying other people in a, enjoying her performance. Yeah, 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 she's sitting down in the theater just, like, you know, kind of bathing in a glory that she, you know, thought she was not going to be used to anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, there was this little bit where everyone is like, oh, who are you again? And she just, it, it's obviously something that bugs her. Yeah. Um, and when she's going through all that, of course, you know, she gets a little bit of validation from the people watching yeah, the film. They're enjoying her performance. Yeah, but then there's no follow up with her from what I saw well, until the very end. So, like, I was, yeah, like the next one I wanted to bring up was definitely just kind of Sharon Tate's presence in the film. Uh, so, it screened, I think, at like Sundance, and a lot of people were sort of like, had a little bit of a problem with like, uh, Margot Robbie not being in it enough. I don't know this, if this is a fact. I think I read this somewhere that they shot more stuff with her. Um, I honestly, like, you know... So I saw her first in Wolf of Wall Street, like a lot of people did, and I was like, I mean, she plays that part well. Um, I have yet to ever see her in another movie where I liked her. Um, okay. I think she's not a very good actor. Uh, and I was like, oh, I mean, if anyone's gonna... I was like, like I was... I like as soon as I saw she was cast as Sharon Tate, I was like, oh, like her. <laughs> um, but I was like, if any, like I mean, we thought the same thing about Channing Tatum, you know, mm-hmm. as like who's yeah this this guy like Mr. Magic Mike, like big fucking deal. And then he ends up being a, I mean, he's a brief part of it, but he's a great part of it. 
So she's in the movie, and I've heard that they shot more with her. Sure. I think the theater stuff, because the theater stuff feels so out of place. It's like, is that the new stuff? Like, was she just not really uh... supposed to be in the movie that much? I feel like her being in there so much, and the fact that she, her scenes add nothing to the story, like, almost sort of, you know, like, it makes it feel more out of place. Uh, I don't know, if, like, those... There could have been nothing touched about this movie. That's right. very possible. But, yeah, no, I didn't... I really didn't understand, like, you know, why she was in it that much. Right. I mean, when you have a, an actor who is in the top three billing, you're like, yeah. oh, well, obviously that's for a reason, right? Yeah. And it just didn't feel like there was a reason. They kind of, yeah. They kind of... I mean, like, and, you know, we've obviously got, like, these, you know, Brad and Leo kind of, like headlining the thing and mm -hmm. you know uh carrying the movie for the most part but like right like because the i mean thematically the whole reason why sharon tate and uh roman polanski are in the movie to begin with um is the fact that like he's living next to like he's this old school actor living next to like the new wave of of film right like right next door yeah um you know roman polanski's doing all these big movies i mean he later go on to be a huge fucking piece of shit um and you know good thing he's not here anymore <laughs> but um uh yeah i mean like that's like the whole reason to have him there and then uh, yeah it's just like it just keep cutting to her sitting in a theater like that's i mean that's that's what her performance amounts to and it's like like does it mean it was bad no does it mean that it shouldn't have necessarily like that her role should have been like smaller probably right um i i don't feel like her presence added anything to the movie aside from just Which, the thematic reasons. right yeah and that should be a, a call to attention like that should be something that you as an editor or a director looks for when you're you yeah. know when you're building your story with the actors you have there um, if they're not adding to the story, then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, regardless, there were a lot of things that I think did pay off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like, I think... Because, I mean, like, you know, you have a very early on in the movie, you have a shot of, like, them kind of pulling up to their respective houses. Mm -hmm. And then you see, like, the... It pulls back. You see the street sign that says Celo Drive. Anyone who knows anything about, you know, those events knows that street. And, um... If anything, like, you know, the events are set into motion. You kind of know where everything's going. Um, and then, of course, we get into a little bit of alternate history, <laughs> which... Which uh, was oh so satisfying. Which is so great. Um, so, they're, you know, they're pulling up. Uh, little um, little Manson family twerps are pulling up in their beat-up car. Yep. Um, they're about to, you know, pull up to Sharon Tate's house. And uh, suddenly, a drunk off his ass, Rick Dalton strolls out and starts yelling at him. He's got a blender full of margaritas. <laughs> and he's just saying, get the fuck out of here, you hippies. <laughs> Which, I mean, you know, I, we all feel that way. Oh, yeah. About hippies. I mean, come on. Get out of here. Um, and so they decide, like, oh, you know what? Fuck them. We're gonna we're gonna go kill uh, we're gonna go kill this guy. We're gonna go kill kill Rick Dalton. Right. So uh, I, you know, I I 
we're on the night of. I know this already. But uh, we have um, Cliff, Brad Pitt's character, walking his dog. Um, on acid. On acid. <laughs> yep. Which is so great. And I'm like, oh, he's going to run into them. That's not what happens. Nope. He comes back as they're coming to, um, you know, uh, cut up Rick Dalton. To do the deed. To do the awful deed. And that would, pers- uh, I almost said perspire. <laughs> 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 on that night. And, um, yeah, all of a sudden, things get fucking crazy. (laughs) All of a sudden, you've got, uh, you've got Brad Pitt's character about to feed his dog. His dog is on, on the ready to to eat. She's, no summons going on. Yeah. She, she's, um, very highly trained by Brad Pitt's character to just go on a click. Yeah. Um, which is awesome. You see that a couple of times. Love that dog. Um, love that dog. Um, and then the Manson family twerps, they come on in, um, invite themselves into this house. Oh, he's still, like, tripping on acid. He's, he's like, are you guys real? He's, like, waving around at them. Are you Are you real? And, you know, he, like, points his fingers like a gun, like, hee yeah. <laughs> Which is just so, so fun. Um, but even better than that is, uh... Is what happens next when uh, Tex was his name Tex? Tex, yeah. Yeah, when Tex, one of the little twerps, he uh, he says, "I'm the devil, and I'm gonna do devil shit." Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do devil shit, <laughs> and um, and uh, Cliff suddenly decides to uh, get his dog to uh, to you know help out click click yeah <laughs> click click <laughs> suddenly the dog starts mauling the kid uh another another girl runs at brad pitt and he just fucking smashes her face to pieces like there it's just this free-for-all in the in the house it's amazing the, like i was so afraid by the way like they're like reaching for the guns or whatever I'm like do not shoot that fucking dog do right. not do like Right. I'll be a little bit pissed off at this movie if they kill that dog. Right. Not because, like, oh, like, oh, never kill a dog ever. Uh, like, even, you know, if it fits for the story, it's like, it, it doesn't here. Right. <laughs> this dog is a hero. Um, and I was also concerned, like, like, like once, once there's a big all-out brawl and, like, they're just, like, beating these hippies to a fucking pulp, like, <laughs> it was like nothing happens to any of these guys. Like, right. these guys... These guys are need to be bulletproof. Even if he gets a knife in the leg, like they they need to come out of this just fine. You can have like the uh, the Italian girl, like yes. Okay, so um, Rick's character, or no, <laughs> Rick's character, <laughs> um, Leo's character, Rick. He gets married to an Italian chick while he's working his spaghetti westerns. Yeah, and um, he brings her back to L.A. and there they are trying to sleep. And, um, uh, the, the Italian chick gets disturbed by all the noise. And so she comes out, uh, screaming and hollering. She, (laughs) she attacks one of, one of the Manson chicks and then proceeds to run away (laughs) shortly afterward, locking herself in the bathroom. (laughs) Like, once, once two of them are down, like, you know, uh, Cliff's on the ground, like, uh, she runs into the room and lets the dog in and closes the door. Yes. And then the the, the coup de grace, um, you know, like, this, this uh, one bitch is running out. 
She's got glass in her face like she's screaming, firing a gun in the air. Uh, <laughs> Rick Dalton goes and he gets his goddamn flamethrower and burns her to a crisp in the pool. It's yeah, like, he's chilling on the pool. She comes in and he's like, all right, flamethrower it is. Well, because like, so, I mean, you know, like the whole movie, I kind of felt like, you know, this is, it's good. I'm enjoying it. Like this, it's, it's good writing. Uh, it's like, but you know. Not like it didn't really have much of Tarantino's signature on it for the most part. Like, uh, it didn't it didn't feel like anything else he had made. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, by the way, here you go. <laughs> You've waited so patiently for this. Here's him with a flamethrower. <laughs> right. And the thing was, all of those all of those elements were set up somehow earlier. Yeah. In in those like life of it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a big leap, no matter what. Sure. But like, I mean, it makes you very it makes you very happy, <laughs> just when it all comes together, and they they burn up some goddamn Manson kids, <laughs> like, it's it's so satisfying. And then of course, you know the the smoke clears. Um, he's outside. He starts talking. I don't remember the uh, the Jace, guys. Jay Sebring. Yeah. Uh, he, um, he's talking to him and, uh, then Sharon Tate comes on the, on the, um, the little buzzer, uh, talking over the speaker and, uh, like he's going to get his big break essentially. You know, he thought mm-hmm. he was going to have to sell off the house, uh, fire, um, uh, fire cliff, but nope. Here's his, here's his big shot. And it's because he got attacked by the Manson family and they didn't. <laughs> Um, so it's, it's really great. So if you want, if you want something accurate, (laughs) this movie isn't for you. But if you, if you kind of know what you're getting into with a Tarantino movie, this is, it's nice. It's really good. You don't go into a Tarantino movie to learn anything about history. Oh, fuck no. You might, you might learn a few languages or something, but you know, (laughs) you won't learn about history. (laughs) Oh God. You'll learn who the bad guys are. Oh yeah. Because they usually get torched or stabbed. <laughs> yeah. Burn, you Nazi sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could picture at that point. <laughs> um, God. It's, yeah. It's it's very satisfying. I'm trying to, like, ob- you know, there's, like, the bits with Kurt Russell are really good. Uh, with Bruce Lee as well. Oh, uh, the Bruce Lee thing was amazing. Because, like, you know, you're like, okay, well, what's going to happen with this? And then Cliff kicks his ass. <laughs> it's it's oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and not only does he kick Bruce Lee's ass, but, um, you know, again, it's one of those things that comes into play in the free-for-all that happens inside of Rick Dalton's house when the Manson family attacks. Oh yeah. And so you're like, oh, that's that's why he he has martial arts experience. Okay, well, this yeah. is this is paying off so well. <laughs> Just throws him into a car. Oh, that's the stunt <laughs> stunt the coordinator's wife's car. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Oh, I uh, there are a couple parts. So like, yeah. People are just like, you're hearing, there's just this muffled mess of people getting their faces slammed into glass. Uh, the dog is just uh, chewing apart uh, one of the twerps' nutsacks. And I'm like, we're just like, every second brings a new, oh my god! <laughs> Tyler and I were crying with joy and laughter. And uh, the, the person next to me was also enjoying Maybe not as much as me. Fair enough. <laughs> but they're enjoying it, and that made me happy, and I started applauding. It was so great. So good. Man. Uh, so, David, what? how many Jamies would you give this movie? 
I'd say I'd give it probably 8.5 Jamie's. Wow. Yeah. It's a um, good one. God, you know, like, it's it's really hard, and I mean, this, like, this Jamie rating will definitely change by the time, like, we get to the end of the year, but, yeah, I mean, 8.5 doesn't sound, I'm, I might just go with, like, a solid 8, because um, yeah. I feel like that's, that's pretty fair, um, and well, my there's, point, my there's, point five was for a reason. Yeah. You know, room room for ups and downs, basically. Yeah. Like I, you know, there's a few things that I wish they would have kind of touched on a little bit more, tied together a bit more. I feel like you know there are some useless elements, but you know, it's it's just more Tarantino fun. You can't go wrong. You have it from the horse's mouth. Right, straight from the horse's mouth. Well, uh, it's a hearty recommendation for us, David. What are we doing next time? I never know what we're doing next time. I don't know either. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, that's it, folks. I will. Uh, we'll. We'll. We'll see you next time. Whatever that is. Signing off. Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.